How can adults cultivate a sense of wonder? Let's explore that together. The Cozy Robot Show. Hey, Cozy Robots, do not adjust your screens. There's nothing technically wrong. The beard is just gone. Uh, well, I guess not gone exactly, but certainly diminished. Um, <laughs> you know what? We have a pandemic, and I was uh, bored. And, um, you know, there were uh, beard hairs everywhere in my keyboard. And I just, like, thought, why not just, why not just trim the beard? And so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm here uh, with significantly less facial hair. Now, if you're listening in podcast land uh, on the on-demand version of the Cozy Robot Show, that reminds me this program is available as a video program. So you can watch this on uh, YouTube and Facebook and Instagram TV. Uh, you can watch it live on uh, many of those platforms on Monday nights, which is what's happening right now. And I do see your comments out there. It's really fun if you join us for the live show because... When you leave comments, I can see them while the program is recorded. That's a lot of fun for me. I think it's fun for everybody because this is a show that we are all doing together. And frankly, having a pretty good time with it. So uh, as always tonight, we're going to have the after party for our Cozy Robots. So uh, we get together on Discord, which is like a social gaming platform, and we play games together. Uh, last week we played a very strange and fun trivia game uh, called Quiplash. This week we're going to do a very strange game that involves drawing together. But in this time when we are all social distancing or uh, or should be social distancing at least, uh, it does help to get together and have something to do. And we do that. So you can learn how to join us at CozyRobots.com if you'd like to be a part of the after party. Uh, and next week's after, after party is going to be really, really special, and you will learn about that a little later in the program. If you're asking, how do I join the Discord, thanks for that question over on YouTube. Uh, if you are a member of uh, the Cozy Robots, which you join on CozyRobots.com, all you have to do is make sure you have a Discord account, and then link that account with your Patreon account. And once you do that in Patreon, you are automatically added to our private Discord server. So well, sign up on CozyRobots.com. Make sure you have a Discord account. Sign up for one if you don't. Then link the two together on Patreon.com and boom, you are in. There is no step three. Okay, so you know there's a lot of heavy things to talk about that are important. There are so many vital things that we need to work through together as a culture. We talk about feelings on this show. We talk about justice on this show. We talk about politics. We talk about all kinds of conversations that are usually difficult to have, but we try to have them in a supportive and non-anxious way. But you know what? Sometimes it's just fun to talk about fun things. I think maybe more than ever, and I'm so tired of that phrase, more than ever, um, but it feels appropriate here. Maybe more than ever, we need to take a break from heavy conversations sometime. And I don't mean escapism and letting go and just going into fatalism and the world's just going to fall apart and there's nothing we can do about that. I don't believe that at all. But I do think as we seek to be healthy people, as we strive for balance in our lives, taking the time to talk about things that are less heavy can help us feel better, which is why tonight we are talking about wonder. What a wonderful feeling what that wonder is. You know, kids seem to be so naturally great at experiencing wonder. If you've ever been around a small child at a zoo, or a museum, or even at a movie, the reaction they have is so full of wonder. Their feelings are so present. They are so amazed by the world around them. And then somehow, we grow up and we become adults, and it seems like for many of us, wonder gets harder to find. You know, for me, when I was a teenager, is when I really started to feel less wonder 
and I started to feel a different feeling instead. And that feeling was cynicism. You know, I would watch media that I enjoyed as a child, say cartoons or children's programming, and I would think, oh, this is so childish. It's so poorly made. It's not, you know, it's just not good. I, uh, when I was a teenager, I hated pop music. I thought pop music was, was vapid and worthless. It had no substance. It had no depth. I needed real art grunge music. <laughs> That's right. I thought the like, most sophisticated form of music ever made was like guitars that are heavily distorted playing up to six different chords in a song. <laughs> Cynicism. Where does that come from? Why was I cynical? All of a sudden, when as a child, I was full of wonder. I think a lot of us are cynical. You know what? The world is, is hard. It's tough. And cynicism has a job. It's to protect us from all those hard things in the world, especially feelings of rejection or judgment. We feel cynical often because we've been hurt by rejection or judgment from another person. And cynicism is our body and brain's method of trying to launch a preemptive attack against being hurt. After all, if we don't care, if we are detached, if the object of our cynicism is not significant to us, then it cannot hurt us. And so I don't want you to hear me saying that cynicism is bad. Like all feelings, when we experience cynicism, it's for a reason. It's a tool that we're using to do what? To survive. When we feel cynical, it's because we've learned to feel cynical to survive. But the cynicism it has a cost. It makes us feel separated. It makes us feel distance. Imagine what it's like when we're cynical in relationships with people who are close to us. How that is it creates challenges in the relationship. And if we get into the habit of feeling cynical all the time, we don't have access to the kinds of feelings that can help mitigate anxiety or worry or grief or anxiety. Because cynicism will protect us from fear, but fear is not a bad feeling. Fear is an information. Our feelings... <laughs> Fear is an information. Fear is a feeling that gives us information. It tells us that there's something in our environment that is a threat to us. Cynicism blocks our sadness. But sadness just tells us that there's something in our environment that's wrong, that's challenging us, that may need to be changed, or we may need to move away from. And so cynicism blocks these feelings and then leads us into cycles of anxiety. It leads us into numbing behaviors. So although cynicism isn't bad, overuse of cynicism often gets in the way of us living the kind of life that we would like to live, the kind of feelings that we would like to experience. And what I've been learning in the last few years is that wonder is an amazing tool that can help us move beyond cynicism and the plate armor it puts all around our feelings. You know, I've done a lot of therapy in my adult life, and especially the last few years, as I've been working through trauma, and I've been working through codependency, and all these challenges that come just from surviving the life that I've survived. And I think about how different I relate to stories now as compared to before that I went through all that therapy. You know, before, when I watched a lot of movies that had mainstream appeal, I would think they were superficial or shallow, and I wanted something more sophisticated, something that was harder to predict, something that was, frankly, harder to understand. And then after therapy... Simple stories of love and relationship and friendship and sacrifice and commitment are so moving to me. I was very cynical about movies that depicted family relationships until I became a father. 
at which point I noticed even commercials involving relationships between parents and children could make me cry. So there's something that happens when we get tender again that lets us start to open up. And I believe that wonder can play a critical role in doing that because wonder is an easier feeling for us to access as we learn to process more difficult feelings like fear or anger or sadness. So we can take steps in our lives to actively invite and cultivate wonder. If we're watching a movie and we think this movie is bad and we feel cynical about it, we can notice that cynicism and then we can maybe intentionally shift our focus. When I see a movie that I don't particularly enjoy, I will often say, gosh, a lot of people worked hard on this. They put their names on it. And I try to imagine what people, real people did to make that film, the people who were writing it, the people who were hiring actors to work on it, the people who built sets and ran cameras and set up lights. And as I watch, I try to look for all of those things. Often movies that are less well-made, it is easier to see the production. And I think of the way that every person involved in making this movie learned something. And how every person grew in the process of making that film because they faced challenges and they overcame them. And when I shift that focus from over here, where I'm some way standing over this movie, I'm superior to it, I'm a, I'm a critic, I have critique, cynicism. There's nothing wrong with criticism or critique, by the way, in any art. But in these times when we're trying to cultivate wonder, that's not a tool that will help us get there. And instead, when I think of the commonality of what people can make together, friends, that will send me into a profound state of awe and wonder. I might even say reverence. And so what I would encourage you to do is to try to start noticing when you feel cynical and then ask yourself why. Ask yourself, does cynicism serve me in this exact moment? And if it does not, think about how you can invite wonder instead. You know, as we're all here together, I thought we could try it together. I thought we could try to cultivate wonder right now. So we're going to do a little meditation together. And I want to make sure that if you're going to participate, that you're in a situation where it's safe to do so. So if you are driving a motor vehicle or walking down the street, this might not be the best time to participate. You can listen along, but I would ask that you don't lean fully into the instructions and you pay attention to what you're doing. I would also say that if you're in a, a space where you don't feel uh, emotionally safe um, or, or you just don't feel like you have enough privacy, to kind of close your eyes and participate in a grounding exercise, I just want to preemptively give you permission to just listen along without participating. You can go back and listen to this anytime you'd like. And in fact, we release these little segments of the show, including this moment of calm, separately. So if you go to any of my social media platforms where social videos available like Instagram TV, Facebook, or YouTube, you can watch just this clip by itself. Just search for moment of calm wonder. Okay. So here's what I'd like you to do is just get comfortable, whatever that means for you. When I get comfortable in meditation, I particularly like to put my feet flat on the floor. I like to kind of make a 90 degree angle out of my uh, leg, bending about 90 degrees at the knee, going into my hips. Then I like to sit straight up that gives me room to breathe. But if you'd like to lie down, lie down. If you'd like to slouch in a comfy chair, slouch away. This is not going to be a long meditation. and Just, just be comfortable. And as you're comfortable, I'd invite you to notice something truly wonderful. You're breathing right now. You've been breathing this whole time without doing anything on purpose. Your body has been keeping you alive. 
I just want you to pay attention to that breath as you inhale and as you exhale. I don't want you to control that breath. This is not going to be a breathing meditation. I just want you to notice it. Notice that it's there because as you notice your own breath and as you pay attention to it, you may find that the other kinds of things that usually distract you start to fade away. And if, as me mentioning things distract you, distracts you, you might notice noises around you. You might suddenly have thoughts in your mind that aren't related to what we're doing together. That's okay. We welcome all of those distractions. And we say, I see you. And then we just return our attention back to our breath. It's just that easy. So if a thought pops up that's not related to our exercise, we go, oh, I see you. Hi. We just put our attention right back on our breath. If we hear a noise around us in our environment, we go, oh, I hear you. And we return our attention back to the breath or back to the exercise and progress. And so now as we are getting grounded, we are getting centered, I'm starting to feel even more calm and even more relaxed. It's a good feeling. The world is getting quieter and more still, at least how I experience it. And as you enter into that still place in your own mind, regardless of anything that may be around you, I want you to take a moment to imagine something and I don't want you to feel anxiety about this. You can take as much time as you need to get this first thought in your mind. But I want you to think of a time that you felt wonder. And some of you immediately started to experience something. You remembered a moment when you felt wonder. And others of you went, oh, no, I can't remember anything. And you might start to feel anxious. And so I'm just going to remind you right now that you can return to that calm state by paying attention to your breath. And here's a few things that might provoke a memory for you. Is there a time that you have seen a stunning view or vista? Maybe the night sky. Maybe you were up high in a tree or in a tall building or on the top of a mountain and looked out over a natural area or a city? Was there a time that you just saw something beautiful and it took your breath away? Or maybe there were moments in life, if you've ever been present for the birth of a child, many of us experience wonder in that truly incredible moment. Maybe you've fallen in love or been around others who were falling in love. Perhaps even you've been in the presence of someone as their life ended. And if that moment was wondrous, you can use that too. And if that moment was difficult or traumatic, I just want to remind you that you can return to your breath anytime you'd like. Whatever moment you select, I'd ask you now to put your focus on it. I want you to see how vividly you can recall what you saw in that moment. What was the lighting like? What colors were there? What objects could you see? And as a picture begins to form in your mind, I'd ask you, what could you hear? Was the wind blowing? Or the air conditioning? Were there people talking? Were there the sounds of wildlife? And as this memory becomes more rich and more vivid, I'd ask, what could you smell? Can you remember one smell from that moment? If you can't, that's okay. Just keep thinking about what you saw and what you heard. 
but if you can get there, what could you smell? And as this memory comes back more and more vivid, moment by moment, I'd ask you to recall that feeling of wonder, how it felt in your body. Could you feel it on your skin, in your face, on your hands? Could you feel it in your belly? Or the tips of your fingers or the tips of your toes or maybe even the tip of your nose? What did wonder feel like for you? And as you imagine the body sensations that come along with wonder, I wonder if you might notice something that you're starting to feel wonder right now. That everything required to feel wonder and awe is in your body all the time. And you can go there anytime you'd like with just some time and some focus and some attention. And now I'd like you to start to come back from that wonderful place, holding on to that feeling of calm, those good feelings that happened in your body, and bring your attention back to your breath. And then begin to focus on the sounds around you, the sound of my voice, and maybe even open your eye or eyes. And if you're watching me, you can see my face again. If not, reacquaint yourself with everything that is around you. And remember, there's wonder all the time. All we have to do is take a moment to pay attention. And this is the part of the Cozy Robot Show where we keep the lights on. So we've got a couple of sponsors I'd like to tell you about. The first is the Overview Program, which is a, a particularly interesting sponsor because it's, uh, it's me and the people who bring you this program. The Overview Program is a system for managing change in life um, that is cultivated from all of my experiences studying, gosh, neuroscience and cognitive psychology behavioral economics, change management. Um, I brought in all the kind of things that are weird that I've done in my life, and I created a system to help me get through difficult times, times when I felt stuck, times when I did not know what to do next or couldn't get past the feelings that kept me from moving forward. And, you know... We've just started this program. We do several versions. There's overview uh, stations where we go in with a small group of people. There's overview voyages where I go one-on-one -on -one with people. And we go through this program, and we are having an incredible time together. And we're just getting ready to start our next small group. There's a couple of spots available. So if you'd like to be considered to be a part of that program, you can apply at overviewprogram.com. You get a weekly call with me. I give you a lot of homework that helps you learn all about you and how you can move forward in the middle of challenging and difficult moments in life, especially those that involve changes and transitions. You can learn more again at overviewprogram.com. That's named, by the way, for the overview effect, which is the feeling that astronauts get the first time that they see the Earth from space, when their perspective is so radically shifted. And that's what we try to find together in the Overview program. The other sponsor this week is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online counseling service, which is simply the most convenient way to get mental health support that I know of. Over 1.2 million people have signed up for BetterHelp to get help with things like depression, anxiety, stress, relationship issues, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, grief, self-esteem, and LGBTQ matters, all from licensed professional counselors who specialize in those and other challenges. It is 
perfectly set up for this era of social distancing. Why? Because you can call, you can chat, you can do a video call, you can just text in real time. As much as you need to talk, your counselor is there. Now, you work with a licensed expert that after you fill out a questionnaire, BetterHelp finds for you. Every member of my family, myself included, has used BetterHelp, and I still use it every day. So you can get 10% off your first month's mental health support by going to betterhelp.com slash CozyRobots. Again, that is betterhelp.com slash CozyRobots. I am unreasonably, absolutely unreasonably excited about tonight's guest. Y'all are, I mean, if you're listening on the podcast, I am trying so hard to keep it together. There are so many inside jokes in the comments tonight. <laughs> so if you if you want to be on the inside jokes that happen in real time chat, join us for a live taping of the show. But anyway, tonight... My friend Taylor Hughes is here. And if you haven't heard of Taylor, I'm sorry. We're going to rectify that right now. Uh, Taylor is a full-time entertainer with over 20 years of performance experience. He's one of the only people to have performed in all three showrooms at the world-famous Magic Castle before the age of 21. He is an absolutely astoundingly talented speaker and presenter and storyteller and yeah professional magician he's a featured act on the television series masters of illusion and was recently presented the awards for best illusion best comedy magic and best showmanship by the society of american magicians in los angeles and i thought who better to talk to us about wonder than taylor who brings wonder into the lives of adults every day of the week. So I'm so excited to share this conversation with you right now. And you will notice something remarkable. My first trick is that my beard is going to magically reappear because this conversation was previously recorded. Hey, Taylor, thanks for joining us on the Cozy Robot Show. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Let me crash the party. Oh my gosh. It wasn't a party until you got here. <laughs> it's so weird. I just, uh, I do a big long walk every morning and I listen to a series of podcasts and yours is one that I was listening to this morning mm. while I was walking. So it's weird that I was just with you, but now I'm actually with you. This is great. You know, one of the most surreal experiences of my whole life was yeah. going on NPR's All Things Considered. Oh, which is a show I listen to daily. Yeah. And then they cut to me in studio. <laughs> and I just sat quietly because it was, I thought I was just in my car listening to All Things Considered. I was like, wait a second. That's me. I'm on this show right now. <laughs> it's so but you know what I mean? Like you hear the people's voices, you get used to just like leaning back and oh, yeah. Yeah. Right to sleep. Uh, that moment where you're just like, what is what is this life that we live? What a fun, cool, weird life that we have. It is fun. It is cool. And it is definitely weird. And getting weirder. It's a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> like, we talk about weird. It's like, um, I mean, that's kind of like why I wanted you to join us on the program. You know, this, this is a show that's about our feelings and it's about mental health and it's about science and learning. But it's about all those things so that we can figure out how to make a world that we want to live in together. Absolutely. And I was reflecting back um, on when I met you, yeah. which is a, a pretty wild story Yeah. Um, in that it was at Hollywood's Magic Castle, yep. which if anyone hasn't heard of the Hollywood Magic Castle, it is uh, just the coolest place on earth. <laughs> it's, it's hard to describe. I always I, I say it is my favorite place to go ever. But when you try to explain that it's it sounds really dorky when you try to explain it. You're like, it's a club for magicians in a <laughs> castle in the Hollywood Hills and you gotta get dressed up. Like it but it's really it's, I promise it's cooler than it sounds. <laughs> the first time I went and they were like, You need a suit and tie. I was like, You need a what? Yeah. Like you need a suit and tie and no pictures. I'm not going to take pictures of a magician. What are you talking about? 
Facebook. Yeah, he that are so convinced everyone wants their photograph. Well, to me, I, uh, William, we've talked about this. I've always loved magic. And yeah. so I would have never taken a picture just out of respect for the craft. But uh, anyway, so I, I met you at the Magic Castle uh, at one of the bars. Uh, I was there for a class. You were there for a show, which blew my mind. So I had like this moment where, like, I'm talking to someone who performs at the Magic Castle. It's like this huge head trip for me. And I'm like, that's Science Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a mutual amazement moment. Yeah. And um, what, I, what I took away, there's a lot of really talented people who perform at the Magic Castle. Yeah. I mean, just really intimidatingly good people who oh, yeah. perform there. Yeah. And um, there's people who have like a degree of technical mastery. Yep. So if you're studying magic at all, you look at them and you're like, that wait, that's that's not actually possible. What I just saw with my eyes, even though I study magic. And then there's people who like maybe aren't even that much better than me technically, but just are incredible storytellers and performers. They have a good shtick. They're funny, whatever. But in your performance, I experienced something at the castle I've never seen. And that was hearing a, an audience gasp, not just in surprise, mm. but in a moment of beauty. I remember looking to my right and watching a woman take a tissue to her eyes to wipe away the tears. And so you used magic to help people get out of their heads, but into the moment, a real sense of presence in what was there and a sense of valuing their lives and those they know and love. And I was just so moved. It was oh, thank you, buddy. I, truly magical. Oh, that means the world to me. That means the world to me. I, you know, for years I would have, uh, I would have this idea of like, when I do a show, I hope that afterward people go, Hey, I'd like to get to know that guy. Mm -hmm. And then my wife challenged me with a few things when it comes to like, you know, tell more stories, share more about your life and your perspective and things. And when I did that shift, now it feels like at the end of the show, we've already been hanging out. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Similar to like when people come to see you speak, it's like, wow, you, you, you put yourself in there and you're, you're willing to share things that are not just important to you, but are valuable to all of us as we're trying to navigate life. And uh, I just find that so much more fun, man. Just to let's talk about real stuff and 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 be goofy and silly and like, like mm -hmm. that have mm -hmm. a Santa Claus moment as adults. When do we get mm -hmm. that? Not often. So, what's it been like being a performer? Because you 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 don't just do magic. I mean, you do a lot of you do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it all, all involves like people in a venue publicly together yeah what's it been like like in this extended era of social distancing and isolation it's wild i mean i i always try to be careful not to there's a lot bigger problems than what i'm going through as a performer and yet as a performer you know it, it would be like if you were a dentist and one day you woke up and teeth weren't real anymore like there were no teeth <laughs> like, what do i do <laughs> And that's, that's what it feels like. like. Oh, my job, everything that makes my job great, small packed place, people spewing particles and laughter, screaming mm -hmm. and, and having fun, and everybody's packed in tightly and the ceilings are low. Like everything that makes my job good makes COVID really good too. Like, right. It's, right. It's um it's it's been interesting. You know, I went through I think all of us go through phases with it. You know, there's that moment of, wow, this is weird. And, you know, we'll see how this goes. And then after the first four weeks, you're like, oh, I don't think this is going away anytime soon. Hmm. And then you start to realize, well, the only way I provide for my family is usually getting on an airplane, mm -hmm. go somewhere. And that's not happening. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's been weird and it, it, it is a roller coaster of emotions. But I'm one thing I'm very grateful of is uh, three years ago we built I needed a home office and we I we, I couldn't afford an office at the time. I didn't know what I was gonna do. So we we built a tough shed in our backyard and converted it into a production studio. 
<laughs> and so luckily when this hit, I was already set up to be able to connect, you know, through video and, and that kind of thing. And so it's, it's made a huge difference and, and opened a lot of doors. So I'm grateful for that. But yeah, the mental stuff during all this is wild. It's just, it's wild. The games that, you know, that go through your head of, mm-hmm. you know, when you're not doing the thing that defines you, I, I had a friend explain it the other day, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of even politicians are saying, well, you know, if you're, if your industry is not, um, a critical industry, it's time to find something new. And he was describing it as that's almost like telling someone as a performer, what you do isn't just what you do for a job. It's, it's almost who you are. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's kind of telling someone not just to find a new way of making a living, but to find a new, new identity. And mm. um, so it's, it's mm. been a little, a little rough for a, a lot of folks in the entertainment business. People know me as a podcaster, of course, or as an author. Right. But the I just do those things to get to go be in rooms with people. Yeah. yeah. There's been so many times I've had the opposite of a nightmare. At night, I will find myself standing on a stage in a small venue with an audience. Yeah. And then when I wake up, I'm so sad. Yeah. You know? Because it's like, oh, man. And it's like, I think some people perform out of a sense of lack in themselves. And they're, uh, certainly the approval of an audience means a lot to me psychologically. Yeah. But there's also, there's just something wonderful about sharing an experience mm-hmm. that's hard to duplicate with microphones and cameras or yeah. printed pages or whatever kind of media we do. Um, which... <laughs> Brings me to like the most awkward possible ask in the history of uh, broadcast media. Can you do like tricks in a camera <laughs> setting? Uh, yeah, we can do we can do some tricks because <laughs> I mean, I'd love to. I'd love people to see before we get into the the psychology of your work, like yeah. the work itself. Okay, let's let's do something. Let's try it. Right, let me switch uh, our camera mode here to oh, get oh, a better box. better view. We got a bigger box here. Um. You probably had this happen, and any of our Cozy Rob Robot friends who are watching, I'm sure had this happen. At some point in your life, someone you knew or a family friend reached up and pulled the coin from behind your ear. Mm-hmm. That moment to me is the moment that I'm going for as a magician now. Trying to, to get back to that sense of awe and wonder when you just... You didn't have all the answers and you were cool with it. You were, you were excited. <laughs> now, now we want all the answers. But remember when like, it was cool to wonder? Do you remember mm-hmm. wonder? Mm-hmm. We traded it for the internet. It's gone. We don't wonder. <laughs> when I was a kid, this was the moment. Uh, my grandfather reached up and he snapped his fingers three times and a solid silver dollar appeared at his fingertips. So I'm going to try to do that for you. Here we go. On the count of three, watch. One, two, three. These fingertips. <laughs> <laughs> First rule, misdirection, right? Hook, uh, line, and sinker on this side. What did you say? <laughs> I said hook, line, and hook sinker line. over here. You got me. But the problem is, the problem is, is, is we, we tend to get distracted, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of us were looking over here when we should have been looking over here, right? <laughs> and now some people are looking here when they should be looking here. So that's two silver dollars. All you got to do is keep an eye here on this coin, this coin, and a third eye on that coin. That's three <laughs> solid silver dollars. We're going to try to make them vanish just like they came. Watch carefully. That's one. That leaves you with two silver dollars. We'll do it again. Here's the second one. And the third final coin vanishes just like that. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, man, that is great. Can, can we can I try one with you real quick? Could we do that? I love it. Yes. Let's let's try this. We'll see. I don't even know if this thing's in tune. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is it great. sounds like it. This will be fine. Uh, uh, the cozy robot show. Okay, here we go. We're, <laughs> we're ready. Um, I want you to imagine with me, Mike, that we are going to a tropical island. Mm-hmm. And we're not there because we got deserted. We're there because we get to be there. Mm-hmm. And you're in this moment of peace where it's just you and there's nothing else around. And uh, you've built a fire and it, you feel pretty, feel pretty accomplished about your fire. 
And there you are on your beach with your fire having this peaceful moment. There's not a single thing left from uh, modern day society to remind you of, of the things that you left behind, except mm -hmm. a deck of cards. So we're going to burn that deck of cards together, okay? Okay. And here's how we're going to do it. Uh, they, in a deck of cards, there's face cards, uh, like the kings, queens, jacks, and then there's number cards, okay? Mm -hmm. So which are we going to burn first, the number cards or the picture cards? The number cards, for sure. They're gone. The number cards are gone. Okay, mm -hmm. so now we're left with the picture cards. That's the... Uh, the, the men and the women, the queens and the kings and the jacks. Who are we going to burn next, the men or the women? Got to be the men. Good call. It's <laughs> <laughs> always the right answer. <laughs> okay, so we're burning the men. So now we're down to the women, all right? Mm -hmm. There's four queens in a deck. You're going to choose to save one of those queens. Only one queen out of the deck. Now, it's up to you. Remember, if you would have chose to burn the face cards, we'd be doing this with the number cards, right? Mm -hmm. But you narrowed it down to just the queens. Mm -hmm. So who are you going to save? The queen of hearts, the queen of clubs, the queen of spades, or the queen of diamonds? Got to be the queen of clubs. The queen of clubs. <laughs> no. Now, Mike, I've been doing... I'm going to do this really slowly. <laughs> no. Uh, my hands have not left the screen. I've been using one card as a pick this entire time. You could have named any card, but you just. <laughs> oh gosh, there it is. Don't don't be impressed. It's just what I did while everyone else is at prom. That's oh my gosh, <laughs> I am impressed. And oh man, can I tell you something? Yeah. It was just like seeing that quarter come out of my ear the first time. <laughs> wow. That's it, though. That's that's the moment. That's the thing that I feel like all of us are chasing these moments. Mm -hmm. We're trying to recreate or get connected mm -hmm. back to these moments that, that you know, just remind us of why life is great and why humanity is important and why we should mm -hmm. care for others. And for me, I go back to that moment of when I was a kid and I saw a little magic trick. And so that's why I do it because if you if you can get someone in a moment where mm -hmm. they for for a moment go wow I I don't have the answer then mm -hmm. it opens us up to maybe we don't have everything figured out and maybe that's okay and maybe that's a mm. better better place to live so that's that's the thing for me with magic why I just love it as a medium because it it's one of the few things that kind of snaps us out of the reality that can like you said can be sometimes so hard to deal with mm -hmm. How'd you get into magic in the first place? When I was seven years old, uh, my mom uh, had, a, had a friend. My mom and my stepdad had this friend uh, that he worked with, and he was a stand-up comedian. And mm -hmm. my seventh birthday was coming up, and my mom asked him. His name was Lance. She said, Lance, would you do a show for Taylor's birthday? And, you know, he was always the funny guy at the dinner table. He'd come over mm -hmm. and crack jokes, and he'd do little magic tricks. And... He thought, well, I can't do my stand-up act for a bunch of seven-year-olds. <laughs> so, so he pulled together like a little man tricks that he had done. And, mm -hmm. uh, and he did this show in my living room, and it just blew my mind. I could mm -hmm. not believe mm -hmm. uh, up till that point. Uh, I, I, I love movies, and I wanted to do special effects in the movies, and I just thought that was so cool. And then here's a guy in my living room doing things that look like what I would see on TV, and I, I was just hooked then. And then you, you kind of follow that as a discipline, as you kind of said, instead of going to prom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, um, when did you start to incorporate story into like, so for example, yeah. Um, in the, and what you just did, um, Number one, that has to be the first time anyone's covered the theme song that my daughters wrote. So they're going to get a real kick out of that. Um, but then, you know, like, I kind of forgot we were even doing a trick. Mm. Because in Wildfire Inferno Pandemic Land, yeah, like we're going to a tropical island because we choose to. Right. Wow. Did that take me somewhere immediately in my feelings? Um, and then, you know, it, it was just kind of a fun question and going back and forth, a conversation. And then at the end, oh, wow, this is a trick. There's the card I picked. Um, 
how did you start to integrate storytelling into magic? So um, I'm, I told you that my wife was the one a few years ago and this is okay. So the long story is that I only started doing this full time. Uh, December will be seven years. So we're coming up on okay. seven years. Mm -hmm. And um, when I went into doing this full time, you know, I had done it part time quite a bit, you know, kind of semi professionally mm -hmm. for years. And then when I went into doing this full time, you know, I was just kind of doing tricks the way I saw tricks being done. You know, I'd learn something from someone and I'd put it on stage and I'd tell some jokes and things. But whenever we'd be with friends and family and we'd just be hanging out, I would just tell stories of funny mm -hmm. things that happen or this crazy thing I saw at the grocery store or, uh, you know, talking to our kids. I, I tell a lot of analogies to try, you mm -hmm. know, from, you know, things I've experienced through actual moments in life, not just through, you know, uh, ideas or head knowledge. And so my wife one day was like, why don't you ever do that on stage? You're a mm. storyteller. Why don't mm. you do that? And so I just started doing that. I, instead of going, what tricks do I want to do? I started thinking, what is it? If I, if I'm given the opportunity to stand in front of people and they're going to let me speak in a microphone, mm -hmm. what do I want to leave them with? Uh, what do I want to share with them? What do I think could help them? And then what trick will help me get to that point? And so that's, mm. that's kind of what I do now. And every, every, you know, everything is just what's the moment we want to create together and then just let the trick be the vehicle that gets us there. I've noticed that in the world of magic, and I'm not going to speak like too deep magic for people who don't follow it, but I'm going to, I think this would be pretty universally understandable. There are common um, tactics yeah. in terms of persona that people use to um, create an aesthetic that allows them to fool people with magic. Mm. So camp is a really common one, you know, just over the top campy personality. Yeah. Uh, and then like the next kind of click of sophistication beyond that would be, um, cynicism, cynicism about performing, cynicism about media. I think a great example of a of a uh, a cynical act would be uh, Penn and Teller. Oh, great! You yeah. know, like so, uh, so hilarious. Yeah, so cynical. Oh, yeah. And what you do that I see so rarely is um, sincerity. Mm. You show up like with with the Taylor I see. I know several musician, musicians forever. I've always musician, oh, magician. I, I used the wrong one. Uh, I know several magicians. And the person you have dinner with is a very different person right, than, the than you see on the stage. Yeah. Very, like, wildly different. Yeah. And what astounds me about you is going to dinner and seeing you on stage. It is the same person. What was it like for you? Was that a, was there an act of learning to be yourself uh, when performing, especially something that is, frankly, I don't think people understand the amount of concentration required and the amount of time concentrating required to do most magic. And you're able to tell a story, do a trick, and be yourself. And Taylor, there are people who struggle to be themselves. Oh, yeah just in their daily lives. Yeah. Just, they try to be themselves alone. Yeah. Uh, what has that journey been like for you? That Well, thank you. First of all, I mean, that's, um, that's been a, a big <laughs> journey. I think all of us, when we start anything, whether mm. it's music or magic or art, we emulate the heroes that we had as a kid or, or even as adults, people that we look up to and we say, man, I'd love to draw like that person, or I'd mm -hmm. love to write mm -hmm. like that person. And I think imitation is how we, we figure out the process, but then, you know, once we settle into who we are, that's when the breakthrough comes, you know, that's when you actually start connecting with people in a new way. And it doesn't, uh, it doesn't seem like you're just watching a cover band of someone else, you know? Right. Right. Um, and again, I'll, I'll go back to my wife. I, I will because I spent so long in the entertainment business as a semi-professional, you know, I wasn't doing this as my main source of income. This inferiority complex that I felt was huge. 
where mm-hmm. I would be invited to do great things or be in cool environments. And I'd be almost apologizing that I was in the <laughs> performing the comedy store you want to come hang out and i'm back there like mm-hmm. apologizing to everyone that i'm in the way or something instead mm-hmm. of being there and uh, mm-hmm. and one day i was oh, wow. ready to go to the castle and i was performing that night this is what's crazy like this this doesn't i think this inferiority thing doesn't have to do with status or like it, there's no it's not like uh, well once i start performing there i'm gonna I'm going to feel better. You know, once I get this opportunity, I'm going to feel better. It's, mm-hmm. it's in us, you know, that we've got to deal with it. And I was getting ready to go perform at the castle. And I knew a bunch of my friends were going to be there. And I felt so insecure. Mm-hmm. And I was as a grown man with two kids at the time, just sitting there freaking out before I was going to drive to the magic castle. And my wife looked at me and said, in all love and sincerity, if you would just be yourself, people mm-hmm. would love you. Like if mm-hmm. you would just be the person that the reason they invite you to do these things is because of who you are, but then you feel like you need to be someone else to be accepted. Mm-hmm. And it, it took a long time to, to not have that be the way I operated. And, um, and, and then when it came to just, you know, being myself on stage I started thinking, why do some people not like magicians? Some people don't. That's true. And some people naturally just don't like magicians because they feel uh, frustrated by not knowing things. And I understand that. And that's that's something different completely. But other people don't like magic because they've met some magicians. (laughs) 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 And uh, (laughs) and I realized one day, like uh, Jerry Seinfeld has a joke where he says like, here's a magic trick. All right. This is every magician. Here's a quarter. Now it's gone. You're an idiot. Now it's back. You're (laughs) like the premise of so much magic is look at what I can do. Mm -hmm. You can't do Mm -hmm. look how much cooler I am because I can do this thing. Mm -hmm. And that just grossed me out in every way. And so I started to just approach magic in a way of how can I do stuff that doesn't separate me as a performer from other people, mm-hmm. but that can show, show us that we're all, not just, you, not just you and me as an audience, but the people you're sitting next to, all of us are just trying to figure this thing out. Yeah. And, and we're closer connected than you realize. And so that's where a lot of that, um, that came from is that conversation with my wife and that just desire to want people to, uh, to, to see this as a way of like bringing people together. You know, what you've just shared about learning to be yourself on stage yeah, and how, if you would could just be who you are, they'd love you. It sounds so much to me like what we all struggle with anytime we're with other people, not just, on stage, I yeah. can't, you know, it is easier for me to be me on stage than it is for me to be me at a dinner party with eight people. Yeah. Uh, I can never figure out who I am at a dinner party with eight people. Yeah. And there's this deep sense that if I don't do something mysterious that I don't fully understand what it is, People won't like me. They won't want to be around me. I'll embarrass my wife. Um, And I I think our fear of rejection as people, it, it shows up in that way all the time where we look for this persona to put on and often the people we find the most compelling and the most engaging and the most fascinating are the ones who have learned to look into the face of that insecurity and say, I just have to be me. I don't know who else to be. Yeah. And so kudos for you for not only learning that, but modeling it for all of us. Oh, thank you. Um, it's, it's meant a lot for me, uh, both as your friend and as someone who is just a big fan of your work. Oh, thank you. And, um, you do such a good job of taking people into a sense of wonder. Where do you find those moments? If I mean, if 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 you know how to make objects appear and disappear, where in the world do you find your sense of wonder? Yeah. Wow. I um. 
I, two years ago, I had a major breakdown. Um, mm. I was, and, and this, this will get to the, the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just felt like I should tell you that Mike. I, right. I, no, we are, we are open about feelings and struggles here. Um, so, so the quick answer is learning to be present and in the moment opens me up to wonder every mm. time I do that, whenever I can stop, you know, get out of my head, if it's at a party and I'm not, I'm not thinking about what all this means and who, you know, who do I need to talk to or what do I need to say? If I can just get out of that and just recognize where I'm at, all of a sudden I'm like, wow, this is pretty wonderful. These people are pretty amazing. That guy, oh, they, look at that. I would have not even mm-hmm. noticed that cool thing that's happening because I was mm-hmm. so in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but a couple years ago, I had a, a big breakdown. I was, I was about to perform at the castle, my favorite place in the world to perform. I was about to do a show with one of my favorite, my best friends, who's a performer. We're doing the show together. Uh, we had performed the show the night before. So this was not a high stress environment at all. It was the most relaxed environment I could ever perform in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 10 minutes before they opened the doors, my hands and feet went completely cold and numb. Mm-hmm. And my heart went up into my chest, like when you go on a roller coaster, but it was sustained. It just stayed there. Mm-hmm. I was absolutely convinced I was having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And I left the Magic Castle and went to Cedar Sinai, and they ran every test that they could possibly run and found out that there was nothing wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it was just it was just this stress, this pressure that I was putting on myself to always work harder or find a new opportunity or, you know, do something to provide for the family. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all of that is not negative, except for the fact that the preoccupation of that kept me out of wonder. Like I stopped, I stopped going like, wow, what are the, what's possible? Because I was looking to myself to figure it all out mm-hmm. rather than just be open to what else might be out there and who else might be out there who might be a part of the journey. Mm. And, um, and so that, that experience really kind of put me back in that moment of like, okay, it's time to meditate. It's time mm. to walk. I take five, six mile walks every morning just to get out of the house and start the day and clear my head and do something mm-hmm. physical. Um, but for me, like I could be walking down the street now and just see, something that just blows my mind that I would have never seen because I was just preoccupied with, you know, where, where else am I supposed to go? Where am I going to be instead of being comfortable mm-hmm. in my own skin and where I'm at? So mm-hmm. I think that, I think that wonder is everywhere, but sometimes we're so busy thinking about other things that we're not seeing. We're not seeing the beauty and the amazement that's, that's around us. You know, gosh, First of all, as you shared that, I felt such a, a tightness in my own chest and empathy for you and that feeling of anxiety and fear that your body was sharing with you. And it means so much to me that you shared that experience with us. And then as you talked about ways you were learning to take care of yourself and take care of your body, uh, that's some familiar soil for me too. <laughs> And, you know, for most of my life, I was always looking for wander in this sense of the transcendent and um, intense religious experiences or in um, hard to find um, experiences in exotic locations. Or I got really into astronomy to see more, more and more and more distant stellar objects always trying to hit that next level of awe of reality and what i found as you have just described so well to us was that when we learn to be at home in our skin yeah there is so much wonder everywhere i can sit outside in my backyard and watch lizards and hummingbirds for hours yeah when i take a walk I, a few things will take me to such a level of pure amazement as seeing mothers walk with their children. 
yeah. in the middle of a pandemic. It is these small things. Yeah. And we can only see it. You're right. When we get in touch with what's in here yeah. all the time. And when we stop trying to perform and project success and accomplishment and achievement onto the world, even onto our own families, I think of how many parents yeah. are constantly obsessed with whether they'll be able to provide with their families. And of course they are. Yeah. That is the context in which we built our society. We have a, a, a sincere and genuine problem with poverty in one of the wealthiest nations in human history. So I am in no way minimizing those concerns in previous months when I've been afraid if I would be able to provide housing for my family. That concern was real and genuine and not in my head. Yeah. And there's still something in here the whole time. Yeah. Way pay attention. And I know that you have made a shed into a studio and you are creating wonder for people all the time, Taylor. So how can folks go on a journey of wonder with you? Oh, thank you, Mike. And thank you so much. I mean, just, I, I thank you for what you're doing with this show. It's, it's huge and it's important and it's bringing people together uh, and, and helping us all figure out this stuff together and just feeling like we're not alone is huge. So thank you, man. I, yeah. um, uh, I recently put out a special uh, called Chasing Wonder that's available on Amazon Prime. Uh, we filmed it at uh, Dynasty Typewriter in LA, one of my favorite theaters. And mm -hmm. so if you want to see more magic, you can go there. Uh, on my Instagram. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm on Instagram, Magic Storyteller on Instagram. And uh, and we're just, uh, I, I, I have a podcast that used to be called About to Break. Uh, for entertainers and we're just shifting the focus to be on this whole idea of chasing wonder and and exploring how can we see the beauty and amazement that's around us every day mm -hmm. you know get rid of those distractions so that's mm -hmm. that's available as well mm. taylor thank you so much for being here today and those of you watching uh guess what you don't have to remember any of those links <laughs> they will be in the description of this video if you're watching or in the show notes of this podcast if you are listening Taylor, thanks for joining us. Thank you, my friend. Oh, you know, he got me. Uh, again, I watched that video, and when he, <laughs> he was doing the silver dollars, he got me every time. I'd already seen the trick. Taylor's just so talented. And as you saw, so genuine and so kind and so thoughtful. And this is really cool. This has never happened. This is the first time in the history of my my whole media career, not just the Cozy Robot Show, that something like this has happened. Next week, for the after party, for the Cozy Robot after party, Taylor is going to join us and do a live magic show for the Cozy Robot. So do not miss that. If you're already a Cozy Robot by next week, make sure you get a Discord account and connect it up so that you can be there. And if you're not a Cozy Robot yet, now is a perfect time to join us. We're about to have a lot of fun playing some games right after this program is over in just a few minutes. Again, if you're listening on demand, watching on demand later, this happens after the show debuts live Monday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And also, one more thing. Next week, this is a very special announcement and call for help. You know this? I used to do a show called Ask Science Mike, and on Ask Science Mike, I took questions about what? Whatever people wanted to ask. And now, by popular demand, next week, we're doing a Cozy Robot show titled Ask Mike Anything. So we're going to just take questions, literally, any question you have and answer them next week. But to do that, you've got to send a question in. So if you go to CozyRobots.com and click on the Ask a Question item in the menu, you can send a video question. You hold your phone up like this, you record it, you send it in, and then we have you uh, on video to ask your question. It's very easy. But we also know some of you like to ask questions that are anonymous or you don't want to appear on camera. So now we're adding something new. You can email a question to askmike at cozyrobots.com. That's ask 
Mike at CozyRobots.com. That'll get it into the show. And if, if your question is on a topic we're covering in a week, we're going to pull it in that week. Otherwise, we'll save it for these special episodes of Ask Mike Anything. Don't forget, by the way, you can like and subscribe uh, on YouTube or any social media channel to be notified when the show comes out live. Also, when those segments come out for when you want to watch them again or share them with uh, 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 friends and family and all kind of folks. And uh, the Cozy Robot Show was brought to you uh, by the most talented and supportive team in the entire world. So I'd like to thank each and every Cozy Robot. Uh, this show has been produced by Tanner Hearn, Victory Palmazano, and Greg Nordine. Music by Madison McCarg and Macy McCarg. Production support by Andrew Galucky. Production support and my assistant is Caitlin Hermstad, designed by Sydney Smith. Motion graphic design by Landon Satterfield. Set design by Jesse Lane Interiors and wardrobe stylist and craft services, Jenny McCarg. Thank you so much for joining us, and I can't wait to see you again next week. Take care, friends. The Cozy Robot Show.